Well, good morning. Welcome to everyone to the Ag Market Network. This is our monthly cotton broadcast here on March the 11th. I want to say a thank you to our sponsors. We're brought to you by Fibermax and Stoneville, as well as Cotton Incorporated, all longtime sponsors of our uh, of our program. Cotton panel today is led by Dr. O.A. Cleveland. He's joining our panel made up of Kip, but- Kip Butts, Jill Nieper, and Dr. John Robinson. O.A., thanks for for leading us today. Hey, Pat. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thank you so very much. It was maybe a little short and sweet today, but uh, uh, compared to the things that we've been hearing for a while, I think there is some sweetness in this report. I think there's considerable sweetness, actually, but uh, we're not really trading cotton right now. We're trading, uh, as Jeremy was pointing out, uh, or putting words in his mouth without his permission, we're trading the beer index, we're, stro- we're trading stocks, uh, we're, we're trading Wall's reaction to uh, either a potential economic crisis or it may be an economic crisis for, for all I know, but uh, either way, it's, it's one or the other with, with certainty. So uh, the legacy fundamentals in cotton are not as impactful as they typically are, but nevertheless, uh, flu virus wellness of people is a true fundamental in the cotton market. So just with respect to what USDA said yesterday, uh, in a very brief nutshell, they lowered the U.S. crop approximately 300,000 bales. That was not a surprise to most people. Uh may have been a very minor surprise. I was personally looking forward to looking it coming down 400,000 bales, and it may yet come down further when they give the final report coming this coming day. But they took the crop down from what 21.1 to 19.8 million bales. Uh, most of that came out of the West Texas hide. Uh, it, it, that crop it just continued to disappoint, disappoint, disappoint. Uh, so that was a major. Change in the in the in the was today the, the world supply demand data yesterday was to take the U.S. Uh, crop down uh, 300,000 bales, which had subsequently brought down U.S. carryover from 5.4 million bales down to uh, 5.1 million bales. Uh, we'll come back and visit that in just a moment. On the world scene, the uh, USDA did make. Uh, uh, generally expected change in China as uh, they took the, the Chinese consumption down a billion bales. Uh, some people thought it might reach that much. Some people didn't think it would go quite that high, but I think we, uh, the, the great consensus was that the Chinese consumption would be down substantially. And again, some people think that's going to come down a little bit further. But by and large, they also took, uh, me, they took it Yes, uh, took it down a million bales, 850,000, which was uh, a million in China, 850,000 bales across the globe. Uh, had minor increases, maybe Turkey, Bangladesh, and a couple other places. But uh, so with, with the crop, excuse me, with the consumption coming down that much, and also what they did was uh, increase world production on the basis of, of uh, uh, a larger Brazilian crop. Uh, Central Asian crop was a little bit larger. Chad, a couple other places. But the bottom line, they increased world carry over 1.3 million 
athletes and males. That was marginally higher than what I expected, but all in all, the report came in generally as expected. As expected. I think uh, different people saw different things. I thought the market performed very well with these numbers. Uh, didn't perform as well as it started out, but by the time we factored in, as I say, trading the fear, trading the chaos, trading trading Wall Street, the market did finish in the green, and that was a very plus, very positive day. But uh, the silver lining in the report, though I've not seen, was uh, make the correction. Uh, USDA has issued a formal correction. Uh, they have uh, indicated that they did have now miscounted excuse me, miscalculated the census data that had been given them and actual cotton exports are some 700,000 bales larger than reported in the Washington report. Uh, to be exact, 691,000 bales. So the, the sweetness in the report, the lining, the silver lining in the report is that we will fault uh, uh, just all but double assured to make the six point. Five billion bales USDA export estimate, and probably exceed that by a minimum of a hundred thousand bales. Uh, so I think we're talking about getting U.S. carryover down to possibly 4.9 million bales. Maybe it's just an even 5.0. But uh, we started the year with U.S. carryover at 4.85 million bales. We're going to scare the death out of scare to death the number that same number by the end of the year. So we may we stand an outstanding chance opportunity of disappearing a hundred percent of this crop that's been produced. So uh from a fundamental standpoint, folks love to beat up on economists. Our analysis of the cotton situation was beginning to show some truth and show some bearing and I guess the good Lord just that he would have a true revolt on his hands, hands if he allowed economists to be correct, so he had to send us this virus just to mess up our plans. But I feel a whole lot better about the market. I'm not, I'm not a fool by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel a lot better about this market today than I did certainly last week and last month. That's about what I had, guys. I probably missed a number two. Y'all correct me in interpret it properly for me. Thank you. All right, guys, what do you think? Sounds good. Good job, O.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Cody. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> were the rest of you were the rest of you guys aware of that change from the USDA's numbers yesterday? The mistake? I was not. I was not. Okay. That's why people well, listen to the Ag Market Network to get the most recent information. There you go. <laughs> you got a scoop no. there because I mean, one of you now going to have to go double check this to see if I made it up this morning. Did <laughs> <laughs> you dream it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I got it out of China. I got it out of China. If that helps you. There you go. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, it, you know, I, I've been sort of talking about the export program in the U.S. We've known all along it's been a great program. We're the second best uh, at this point of the year since 1979. So, and 
my internal numbers are higher than USDA's now. I hope that we can add a, a bit more to it because I, uh, unless something changes, uh, you know, this, this U.S. cotton export program is looking to be more like a 17 million bale, uh, possibly 17 million plus for exports. Uh, because I heard just this weekend that there was a bit more cotton sold into uh, Southeast Asia. I think Pakistan and Indonesia were the two that I heard about. I didn't get volume, but I did hear they bought something of U.S. So I think this program is still strong. So I, I really, uh, I think talking about a 4 9 ex, uh, ending stock number, uh, I certainly think that's likely and maybe even a little lower than that. So from that perspective, longer term, you know, we may be, uh, always said he felt a little better about the market. Uh, so do I. I, th- I think I still think we're a little bit lower than we, quote, need to be right now. But as he said, we're not trading cotton fundamentals. We're trading all kinds of other things. Well, Kip, when I ran, ran across that, you were the first person I thought of because I know that you had, had felt like that, that what you were seeing was showing that we were exporting a little bit better or we were going to export more. We had better markets, and I, I was real pleased, A, to see it, but I was real pleased when I had talked to you about it last. You had felt like you were seeing that, so it limited certainly your work, and that's always good to see. Hmm. You know, the only thing that uh, stands to threaten some of those numbers is just getting getting the cotton moved off offshore. Um I think that you know, just from finding equipment and boats to move the stuff from the U.S. to to destination countries is going to be a little bit of a challenge going forward. Right. Our transportation folks seem to think that about mid-April, uh, without some sort of a change in the containers coming from China to us, there may be a container availability problem. But we'll know. You know, of course, that's several weeks from now, but. Uh, that's and that's not a uh, you know carved in stone sort of forecast, but there's they're fearful that we may see some stuff there. Is that the kind of thing you're hearing about, Gerald? The same sort of movement problems? Um, well, you know, mid-April, I think for some people it's already here. I mean, uh, I, I'm hearing okay. you know, uh, I I think it seems to be affecting or having more of an effect. I think. Uh, here on the West Coast than it is, uh, you know, further east. But, uh, um, you know, people just talk about that they're having to roll up their shipments, you know, continually roll their shipments out. Right. From a lack of container equipment or trucks or drivers or longshoremen, what... uh well, you're getting a lot of blank sailings where they just they're just canceling boats, and okay. and then if okay. you know they're canceling boats going out, that means their boats aren't coming over here, and yeah. Uh, yeah. if boats aren't coming over here, you know they're not bringing containers, so uh, it's you know just sort of feeds on itself. Yeah. Well, so far we have, as far as the numbers that are reported, we're not seeing. It's not showing up yet, although or no, no, that were being reported. But I agree, we could just one happy week look at it and go, "Oh my gosh, what just happened?" Uh, I'm not hearing that yet. That that could certainly occur. The other thing, I think, there's a little bit of a risk that if this coronavirus stays, you know, 
the way it is and continues to be on the headlines that we may wind up at some point having some sales canceled simply because uh, the consumers may not be able to hold this market up. Now, I'm not talking about next week, but, you know, we may be talking about months down the road where we may actually see, and this is not something I'm forecasting, we've got to watch this carefully, but there is that potential. And uh, uh, although as as we speak, uh, with the exception of a few yarn places I've seen, the market's holding up a little better than I thought it might, given the the kind of uh, hyperbole that's that's associated with, uh, with this virus. Well, I'd say ice cotton futures are holding up better than than the volatility and you know the crashing and the doubt in the stock market. It's, it doesn't seem quite as well. We seem to just kind of be holding our own, right? This yeah, but and and the stock market is is driven by all these algo traders, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interest rates move, stocks move, stocks move, interest rates move. I mean, it just it's it's sort of a, a just a feedback loop in there. That's uh, right now in in uh, you know in in bear territory. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with you know man on the street sort of stuff, but uh, it's starting to affect man on the street. I just don't. Uh... <laughs> it affects my retirement. <laughs> well, that's for darn sure. I mean, it's knocked a lot of people for a loop on their uh, on their four hundred one ks and their IRAs and everything else. I mean, uh, um, uh, you know, maybe the market was overpriced when even before the coronavirus. If you sat there and you look at uh, the you know the Dow Jones and the multiple against earnings, but I, th- I think we've uh, kind of overdone it in the other direction now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, and, 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 go ahead. I'm, excuse me. No, I'm sorry. Oh, well, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, we, we, we always overdo these things. These kinds of situations, I know I'm not I'm preaching the choir, they always over overcorrect. And they overcorrect substantially in many cases. Pat and I were talking. We go back about every four years and uh, Ebola, the Zika virus, the H1N1, the MERS, the SARS, about every four years. And it pulls, it kicks our legs out under us. 2008, of course, was the, uh, the economic tumble that uh, broke the 401ks. But the 401ks always come back. Now, if you're planning on retiring sometime in the next 12 months, you probably got hit pretty hard. But... Uh, uh, and, and and all that's realistic. I understand that, but for the for the general health, long term, mid term, I think we're absolutely fine. I mean, this is March, and we were at the same level approximately in December. Uh, so, right. <laughs> in that sense, we hadn't lost much. Uh, all my comments are certainly based on the idea that we're coming back, and I think most of us believe that. But uh, obviously, today uh, we're, we're not there. It's a problem. Uh, I, I'm, well, Pat, I'm going to go ahead and ask one more question. See what Kip, Joe, and John think. I just do we think? Do you think that we'll get another lowering of the Fed rate? Uh, uh, 
I mean, interest rates are about zero now. I'd love to see them negative, too, since the rest of the world seems to have negative rates. But uh, uh, I wonder if we won't see the Fed come down a little bit more. But my thought is we will. Well, would the Fed be waiting for them to um, do the tax, payroll tax cut? I would think that that's sort of the next thing that seems to be on the table in terms of action of the federal government. So um, if I was the Fed, I would, I would, I would guess that they're kind of waiting to see what Congress and the White House do. Okay. Well, the Fed is pumping money in the system, Morris. Other people say print it. they've opened the printing presses, just like the floodgates on the Mississippi River. They've opened those, those in the printing presses. Well, here's a question. Here's a question for everybody, and 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 that is, what is this? Here it is, the 11th of March. What are these prices going to do to acreage? Well, we're in like October. Where cotton cotton futures were in the lower 60s and corn, new crop corn was still hovering around somewhere around four dollars. So it was, you know, back then the implication historically was, you know, planting under 12 million. Um, and so we fluctuated from from that level in the fall to planting 13. The relative prices predicted planting 13 around the time the council measured they'd plant 13, and now relative prices have backed off, have just reversed themselves. So if people can make adjustments, you know, if herbicide decisions aren't binding and they can exchange their seed or, you know, make last-minute seed decisions, then uh, we're going to see a cut in acreage. Oh, wait, what are your thoughts about the Delta in the southeast with what's been going on? I mean, is this a much of a, do you think we'll see much of a shift for acres? Well, we were going to pretty much hold on and see a little increase in some places, but I think we're losing that. I think we go back to initially corn if we can get it get it in on good cotton land, uh, which is also good corn, good, good corn land. But my fear is is that now that failing with being too wet to plant beans, rather than holding on for cotton, they're going to go to beans. So I think we've got a substantial acreage decrease still coming. I, I would agree with that. Low. I think I, I do Go think ahead. we probably should should be thinking in terms of somewhat lower acreage than this uh, 13 million that that uh, USGA put out, and and, and probably something uh, closer to 12 or so. But again, I think these farmers are waiting are going to wait till the very last minute this year, given the price and the kind of volatility we're seeing. I did hear that in South Texas. They did send some seeds back and that there's not as much cotton going to be planted as they had initially thought. Some of that had moved to sorghum and to corn. Now, that's not, you know, in the whole scheme of things, that's not going to move the needle much, but it might be an indication of where these farmers are thinking. And the information I got was that these guys were doing it literally as late as they possibly could. So I'm afraid that's going to keep us. I expect that to occur over much of the country. And so it's going to keep us kind of on the edge of our seat uh, to see what it's going to be. But my bias is it will be a little lower than at least the numbers we've talked around recently. Plus, it's been awfully dry down there, um, down along the, the coastal bend and, and uh, in the valley. Um, You're right. The, uh, 
Thank you for that. So it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what actually gets harvested down there, much less mm-hmm. planted. Right. Yeah, it's warmed up. It's warmed up enough, but they need they need a good front to bring rain too. So. Well, something I've been thinking about along those lines. Say we do get a little less cotton area planted, and and maybe we don't. Uh, I might not want to talk about yield. My gosh, we can't talk about that <laughs> before it gets planted. But uh, if we're in a scenario where, and I believe that that we're gonna, if we don't have a, um, we're not gonna have a vaccine. I don't think before December, but we're probably gonna have enough knowledge and expertise to know how to treat this virus a little better than we're doing now. So I'm thinking that we could be in a scenario where we get a bounce back or sort of a uh, a pit up demand that shows up in the market. And I'm, I'm a little concerned that we may be in a scenario where we, we wind up with a little less supply than we need at that point. We're seeing ending stocks start to slip now. Um, and, you know, we've seen consumption go down a lot of places in the world. If this thing snaps back, and and I'm hearing now that Pakistan may plant a little bit less, or that's some of the thought there, India will probably plant a little bit more because they increased the MSP, but China looks like they're going to plant less area, so we may be in a situation. Now, let's make see how many assumptions I can make along the way here, but we could be in a scenario where, we have a quality shortage and a supply situation that could give the market some support, uh, you know, in December, March futures of uh, of next year. It's something we can't certainly can't discount at this point. I, um, I, I, I think that's possible. That's not a forecast, but it's something that's on my radar screen to think about. I don't know what you guys think about that scenario. Scenario. I'd like to get your thoughts. Well, Kip, I, I very much am attuned to those thoughts. I have been trying to go through my own analysis and struggling with it because I don't see the market coming back very far very soon. But I start looking out into calendar year 21 and certainly going out to calendar year, going out to December of 21. And I'm already thinking 80, 85, 90 cent cotton futures. I, that's just absurd in one sense compared to what we seeing now but this the, the demand is out there and i like you picked up in china pakistan united states we're not going to grow the crop that we thought we were going to grow so we're going to come up with a cotton shortage we've got the export market if we can somehow figure out a way to produce it and it's uh like it or not it's going to be hold it will be beholding to the u.s cotton grower to to produce it uh feel a little difficult for seed folks this year. They've got a lot of seed ready to go, and we may plant as much as a million acres less than what we thought we would uh, in, in the, the early USDA report and the National Cotton Council's planning intentions. So it may be that low. If we get down to 12 million acres, I was thinking 12.5 at first, but now your comment of something below 12.5 down to 12 million, I kind of run that through too but anyway i feel very very positive as we move out at least eight to nine to ten months uh, well it's some comfort in that but some fear as well and we're all thinking the same way or heading that direction sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, 
The misery loves company, as they say. Yeah, great thoughts think alike. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, away. I, I guess the headline here is away. Cleveland says ninety cent cotton in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> so here's a tough one, guys. And this is, I guess this is a waste of time to ask, but wh- where do we go here? As terms of price uh, within the next eight months, I mean, are we are we just strictly tied to the economy and the uh, coronavirus? Are we is sixty cents a level of support? What what do y'all feel on that? Well, it's, it's well, been I'm, holding. You, no, go ahead, you, go ahead, you, please go ahead. Thank it, you. It's been holding even even as the other external influences have kept falling. I think the Dow is down 500 points today. Is that at one point? Uh, no, anyway, sorry, but, uh, right close to 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me recover from that. Um, and yet, cotton futures look, you know, the new crop seems to have kind of found a foothold, it looks like to me, uh, where it's at 62-something. So I, I want to think that we're going to hold in there and then as Kip's, Kip's kind of uh, solution scenario comes into play in, in a months from now when you know, we have better procedures and protocols and we understand the spread of it and whatever. You know, something, something positive will happen. I think that will lift financial markets and cotton could get lifted by that. So, I mean, I kind of see us going trading from the low 60s back to 66, 67 just on the basis of this black swan thing evolving and Gus getting a better handle on it. And then once that happens, I think fundamentals will, um, you know, we have to fight our way back to where we were, 66, 67, and then fundamentals, a 12 million bale crop in dry weather then might, you know, keep us up there and, you know, maybe ooh, just a little higher. But, I, you know, somebody asked me, I would say, we're going to trade from the low 60s to the upper 60s. Did you say 12 million bales, uh, John? No, no, I'm in acres. Sorry, <laughs> planted acres. <laughs> you say 12 million bales that week. <laughs> well, I said 90 we cents. To, yeah, we might get to 90 cents uh, a lot sooner than we think. <laughs> well, John, I'm I'm very very similar to you. I'm, you know, if I put the broad spectrum on it, I'm probably looking down as low as 58 cents and as high as 68 cents. But I like what you're seeing, uh, I guess because I see it too. I think this somewhere between 61 and 62 is the low. I can see it going down. I don't see it going down to 60, but certainly 61 plus or minus a few points. And then back up as high as 68 for now is what I see. I'm talking December away. I don't want to discount the fact that that you know we can take this below sixty cents, but it, it, depending on what this, this consumer does, consumers right at twenty percent of the U.S. economy. So if uh, he has, if he backs off, uh, we we do drop into the high fifties. But I don't see that coming. Are you talking old you crop? Talking, or are you talking new crop? Old crop. I, I spoke. Uh, well, yeah, no, I think we could take new crops. I think we could take deck down that low. Yes, I think we can. Uh, if, if in fact, this virus stretches out, uh, continues to stretch out, uh, you know, we'll, 
we like to talk in terms of, well, they're getting control in China. The well, are they or aren't they? Who knows? There's still bills closed for sure without question. So, yeah, I still think that both you and old Trump can drop down into the high 50s. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we go to the low 60s, that's it, as John said. All right, all right. Anybody else? Any thoughts? I can't disagree with those comments uh, that, that both those gentlemen made uh, it, because the market itself is, is is, and I think always started with this, we're not really trading cotton fundamentals as much as we are other factors. And when those other factors get sorted out, I think we'll be able to, or at least get some more clarity, I think we'll be able to make a better evaluation of uh, of cotton prices. But right now, um, I, you know, it's it's kind of, I think it's where it is now, and it may be here for a while, but I, it, it could go down two or three or four cents from here, and it could go up the same way. But it, it really depends on the outside influences, and, and we're just going to have to watch those. I, right now, I don't remember a time where cotton has been this directly influenced about uh, things that are beyond the realm of, of, of cotton itself, and maybe away or, or Gerald or, or, or John, maybe y'all are aware, but I don't, I'm not, I can't remember where it's quite this extreme. I think, I think we just comparison. need to figure out oh, how to make, uh, I, I just think we need to figure out how to start making toilet paper out of cotton. You know, has anybody tried, <laughs> has anybody tried to go into Target and try to buy toilet paper, if there is any? I don't, what is it with this hoarding of toilet paper? Um, <laughs> I think that's a California thing. <laughs> no, I, it's an awesome thing to make surgical masks out of it. I hear the same thing going on in our area. People just, for whatever reason, are enamored with to- toilet paper. I don't get it either, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> well, we understand that sort of thing in Mississippi, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, but you guys grow plenty of corn down there to take care of that. <laughs> All right, guys, any any parting thoughts here as we wrap this up? All right. Well, thank you, OA, for leading us. Thanks for the panel for being with us. And uh, also want to acknowledge uh, our, and thank our sponsors, Fibermax and Stonewall, as well as Cotton Incorporated. We thank them. I appreciate you being with us, and that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you, Pat.